You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The facts are many people right now are facing challenges. And they are praying like never before. But for your prayers to be effective, you have to make sure that there's nothing between you and God. What I mean by that, there's nothing in your heart that could affect your prayers. Remember, Christianity lies in the purity of our hearts. And Christ has come to cleanse our hearts. I mean, He has come to cleanse our conscience from all wrongs that we've done in the past. That's the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins have been forgiven dealt with once and for all by Jesus Christ on the cross. It's very important that you have a clean heart, that you have a pure conscience, because the Bible teaches us the communication point where the Holy Spirit communicates to us, His people. It's our conscience. And you should listen to your conscience. Conscience should be in good standing towards God, And towards man. Ask yourself this question. How many times do you really listen to your conscience? Listen to what the Bible says. Romans 9 verse 1. I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul says our heart is the communication point. Our conscience... Bearing witness. For you to have a pure conscience, a good conscience, it comes through walking with God. The Bible says the peace that God gives us is not the peace that comes from this world. But it's a peace that comes from heaven, from the heavenly realm. A peace not like the world, but a peace that comes from heaven. The mere fact that you are born again means that you are linked up with God. You can have peace in your heart at all times. Even when there's a storm going on around you, there's peace on the inside. Listen to the testimony of your conscience. Many of you would be out of trouble if you listened to your conscience. The first time you went with your friends behind the wall, maybe at school or at a place, and they took out a cigarette to smoke, your conscience told you, don't do it. No conscience, I'm not going to listen to you. I want to do it. Everybody is doing it. And you overruled your conscience. In many things, listen to your conscience. Because it's the communication point of the Holy Spirit where you are led by the Holy Spirit. When you pick up a bottle of alcohol, when you're at work and the secretary starts flirting with you, your conscience will tell you, I'm married. Or she's married to somebody else. Ah, but everybody is flirting. No, not everybody is not flirting. People who are not listening to their conscience are flirting. When you listen to your conscience, you'll have peace in your heart the whole time. Peace of your conscience. Many people cannot move on in life because their conscience of things in the past is keeping them back. But Jesus came 
to remove our sin and to give you peace of conscience. To know whatever you've done wrong, Christ has dealt with it. And you have to accept it. And when you accept the sacrifice upon the cross, you'll have peace of conscience. When you don't have peace of conscience, you've not accepted what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for you. Many people say, yes, Jesus can do it for that person and that person. But when you look at yourself, you say, no, he cannot forgive my sin. Why is your sin so special that Jesus cannot forgive it? You are the one making that decision. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 1 verse 3, You know that I've been called to serve the God of my fathers with a clean conscience. I've mentioned previously, or the one translation is a pure conscience. There's a difference between just having a good heart and having a pure heart. God wants our hearts to be pure. Christianity is about the purity of our hearts. Because we are called to worship Him in spirit and in truth. In the purity of our hearts. When your heart is pure, your conscience will be pure. Then it's easy to think good things about people. Even if they do bad things. Even when they curse you then, because you have peace in your heart, you can bless them. When they despitefully use you, you can pray for them. You are linked up to a different realm. It's one of the blessings that God has established for us. Acts 24 verse 16 says, That's why I seek with all my heart to have a clean conscience. Towards God and towards people. You are called to have a clean conscience towards God and people. A matter of fact, if your conscience is not clean towards a person, it's not in right standing with God. Many people's prayers are hindered because they don't have peace of conscience. That's why when you pray for people, you pray, Lord, let this person die. He's hurt me so many times. Kill him, Lord. That's not the prayer of a Christian. You're choosing death. You're not choosing life. Hebrews 13 verse 18. And keep praying for us that we continue to live with a clear conscience. For we desire to live honorably in all that we do. Your conscience should be pure towards God and people. Because your relationship with God depends far more than what you realize on your relationship with people. That's what the Bible says, when you want to bring your gift to God, and you know your brother has something against you, he says, leave your gift and go make right with him. What is he saying? He says, when you want to come worship God, and your conscience tells you, this brother is not in right standing with you. He says, leave it, go make right, and then come back to God. Because God is all about relationships. Your conscience will warn you because it's the place where the Holy Spirit communicates. And if you are led by the Holy Spirit, your conscience will quickly warn you. When you go to certain places, your friends invite you to a party. Now, that's nice. Yes, I'll be there. I'll go. Then as you read it, the Holy Spirit Trouble is waiting there for you. Other times he will say, it's fine, you can go. 
Turn with me to Hebrews 10. You know where you write the first test is at home. Men, you're the king, you're the priest. You want to pray, you want things to change in your life. You want God to bless your family, your career, your business, your children. But the Bible says, listen to your conscience and make sure that the relationship between you and your wife, it's in good standing. Why? So that your prayers may not be hindered. So if communication between you and your wife is not right, guess what? Communication between you and God is also not going to be right. Okay, let me just read it because some of you are not believing me. 1 Peter 3 verse 7, Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding. He's giving the man the instruction, dwell with your wife with understanding. Not tell her to understand you. He says, dwell with her in understanding. Understand who she is. She is your equal, although she's the weaker vessel. That doesn't mean she's inferior to you. It actually refers to her being the finer porcelain. You men are the thick clay coffee mug. She's the fine porcelain. You have to put it down very gently. You cannot treat her like a coffee mug. She's still a vessel. She can still have the glory of God on the inside. Amen? Amen. It says you men know it. So walk with them in understanding. Giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. That your prayers may not be hindered. Some of your men, you're your own worst enemy for not getting your prayers answered. Because you're not walking in understanding with your wife. It starts at home. If you don't get it right at home, how will you get it right in the marketplace? The Bible even says if a man wants to be an elder, go see how he runs his family. If he gets it right at home, he'll get it right at church. But if he doesn't get it right at home, he won't get it right in the church. I'm the head of the house. It's just the grace of God that you're the head of the house. The Bible says submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate sin. So that means if you're submitting one to another... In the fear of the Lord, it means it's to hate sin. So your wife should be able in a gentle way to come to you and say, what you're doing right now is not right. Because you are submitted under the word of God. And if she comes, she says, you have to forgive this brother. No. Done it to me how many times? You have to forgive your brother. Now you have to submit to the word of God. The Bible says... If you stand praying and you know your brother has something against you, your conscience is telling you that the relationship is not right. Stop immediately and go make right with your brother. Then you'll be able to move mountains. Because faith works through love. If you want strong faith, you need strong love. Because how can God entrust you to move mountains to call fire down from heaven if you don't love? You'll use that faith, that power to hurt people, not to help them. But if you love, you'll use it to help people. Now God can entrust you with the power 
to deliver, to heal, to bring breakthrough. Look, go to Hebrews 10 quickly, verse 19. Christianity lies in the purity of our hearts. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. The only way you get into the holy of holies is through the blood of Jesus. But as soon as you start talking about the blood of Jesus, you're talking about forgiveness. You're talking about the remission of sins. So you cannot get into the Holy of Holies without acknowledging the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that have cleansed you from all your sins and all other people of all their sins. That's why immediately if you want to get into the Holy of Holies, the blood of Jesus is speaking for you and for others. That's why you have to forgive them immediately. As Christ has forgiven you, you have to forgive them. If you try and approach the throne of grace without the blood of Jesus and acknowledging the blood of Jesus. That's why many people on Sundays when they sing and they worship, they're singing from a big building or a wonderful building, but they're not worshiping in the Holy of Holies because they've not acknowledged the blood of Jesus. Amen. By a new and living way which consecrated for us through the veil, that is His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. God wants to sanctify, cleanse your conscience, so that your conscience can be pure. When your conscience is pure, you'll be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Some of you that has lived like the devil, you had no shame, no conscience. Now that you are born again, Christ has cleansed your conscience. You can blush again because He has made you pure. You can be clean now once again because your conscience is now sensitive, it's been made pure. A person that cannot forgive cannot be entrusted with the power to heal, to deliver, to do all the wonderful things that we find in the realm of Christ Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, listen to your conscience. Psalm 68 verse 18 said, If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You know, when you cherish sin, it's almost like there's sympathy in your heart towards the sin. And you don't realize, you don't see sin for what it is, that it's there to kill, steal, and destroy. They've hurt me not once, not twice. It's the tenth time. I'm just going to hold on to the 10th time before it becomes the 11th time. I'm so hurt. And you cherish that hurt. And you cannot move on because you're holding on to it the whole time. I once heard a person came to Derek Prince for deliverance from the spirit of lust. And he said, I've got the spirit of lust, but I kind of like it. And Derek Prince said to him, you know what? I cannot deliver you from your friends. 
If you want to make sin your friend, you want to cherish it, you still don't know that sin can do exactly to you what the devil can do to you. It wants to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. Make sure that you remove it from your heart completely. Let me just put this out there. According to the Bible, many of you have not been able to get rid of the things in your conscience simply because you've not allowed yourself to be baptized. Baptism allows us and helps us to get to a place to have a pure conscience. Because when you are baptized, you, you're acknowledging that you've died with Christ and that you are resurrected, a new creation. We don't want to get you wet. We want your conscience to be solved. 1 Peter 3 verse 20, 21. Just go there quickly. There's also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Make God's word the standard for your life. Listen to what the Bible says. 1 Timothy 1.5 Now the purpose of the commandment is love. From a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. It's very clear that God links a pure heart, good conscience, and faith to each other. Amen? It's time to forgive. It's time to let go. A clean conscience. Listen to your conscience. If you had listened to your conscience... You would not be in half of the challenge, be facing half of the challenges that you've been facing. When you listen to your conscience, your trust will be in God and not in man. Joseph, when he found himself in the pit, his trust was in God. He said, I don't belong here. I know where I belong. Daniel in the lion's den. Hannah, asking God for a child. If her trust had been in man, she would have been despondent. She would have lost heart. A matter of fact, let me tell you something. In a time such as this, even in our nation, if you put your trust in God, in a time where God wants to bless you, if your trust is in man, the blessing that God will bring to you, you'll not be able to see it. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says God wants to bless you, but if your trust is in man, the blessing that is coming your way, you will not see it. But when your trust is in God, even when there's drought, you'll continue to bear much fruit. Amen. You'll still flourish because your trust is in God. Let me read it to you. Jeremiah 17. Just go there quickly, please. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. Prosperity wants to come to you, but if your trust is in man, you'll not see it. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves always green. 
It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserves. Says in a time like this, when there's challenges, when there's pressure on the economy, put your trust in God. God looks right into your heart. Make sure that in a time like this, you're not putting your trust in man. The Bible says, cursed is the person who puts his trust in man. But blessed is the person who puts his trust in God. Why? Because where God's presence is, there's life. Cursed simply means when God's presence has withdrawn. Is any man God? No. But God is God. Says even when there's drought, you'll continue to bear fruit because your trust is in God. When God is your source, you cannot fail. I'll show you now in the Bible, Isaac, in a time when there was a drought, a second famine, his father went through a drought, but yet he's blessed. Now Isaac is in the second drought after his father, and he plants and God gives him a hundredfold return. Why? Because his trust is not in what he's doing, but his trust is in God. He's in covenant with God. He's linked up to the realm of victory in Christ Jesus, where there's life and life in abundance. That's not dependent upon the economy or what man says or what man is doing. Even if the dollar goes to 20 rand, God will still look after us. God will still bless us. God will still make a way. It's an opportunity now more than ever before for God's children who put their trust in God to be blessed. For God to do supernatural things. Amen. 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 But keep your trust in God. Not in man. Amen. 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 God is going to bless us now more than ever before so that we are blessed to be a blessing. The people can say, but look here what God is doing. God is doing something supernatural. Why are these people blessed? Because they are linked up with God. The root of the righteous, which is Jesus Christ, is feeding them, are busy feeding them. And they're bearing much fruit of righteousness upwardly. upwardly. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Even when there's drought and heat, a born-again Christian can have peace. So the question that you should ask yourself, are you born again? If you are born again, it settles the matter. If you are linked up with God, it settles the matter. Then even in disappointment, disappointment. Peter that faced a disappointment didn't catch any fish. In that there was an appointment. And God took him from where he was at that time to where God wanted him to be. God holds your life in his hands. And he's busy perfecting everything concerning you. Genesis 26 verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Genesis 26 verse 1. Verse 12 says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. God doesn't look and say, Oh, here's a drought. I cannot bless. When God declares something, it settles it. He can cause a river to flow in a desert. God can drop a witty invention and idea in your spirit right now that can change your community, your city, your nation, the world. But if you're not sensitive 
through the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're not listening to the testimony of your conscience. You'll miss it. I've shared many times with you how God has done supernatural things. Just drop something in my spirit. Go here, do that now. And God has done supernatural things. Phone this person now for this opportunity. Phone them. They say, yes. First gives me a bit of hard time. I said, no, but God told me. Didn't tell it to say it to the man. I knew God had dropped in my heart. That very thing God opened up. Listen to the testimony of your conscience. Do you want to hear the testimony? Is when we moved from Bloemfontein, I was, my wife was looking after the two babies. So I said, God, how can she work just for a short while and make up this income that I need? For something like 5,000 rand a month in those days. I said, that's what I need. God just dropped in my spirit, phone this guy to sell furniture at the show. So when I called the guy on the Friday, he said to me, listen here, um, I'm busy with wages. Phone me on Monday. I said, okay. So I phoned him on Monday. On Monday when I phoned him, he said, I'm not around. I'm in the Tsitsi calm. I'm busy getting wood. Phone me on Friday. I said, phone you on Friday. If I'm calling you on Friday, you're going to tell me you're busy with wages. I'm not going to phone you on Friday. I'm going to phone you on Thursday. <laughs> when I phoned him, he first gave me, he said, no, no, I'm busy now. I cannot. So I said, okay. Called him again on the Monday, like he said. He said, okay, fine. I'll see you on the Saturday, but I'll see you at 8 in the morning. I said, 8 in the morning? He said, can we maybe make it 10 o'clock? I have to drive from Pretoria. He says, do you want to see me or not see me? I said, okay, no problem. I'll see you. Amen? Amen? Just because there's a little bit of opposition, don't run away. Went down, saw the guy, said, okay, you know, fine, you can help us sell furniture. Wooden furniture. Indigenous wood furniture. I said, okay. He said, what are you going to pay me? He said, I'll pay you 5% commission of what you sell. So I'm doing my calculations. I have to sell 600,000 rands furniture just to make what we need. Okay? He said to us, he stops seller sells that. My wife said to him, well, we're going to sell that. He said, it's, it's impossible. You don't know the wood, anything. He said, we're going to do that. He says, okay, if you sell 200,000, we'll be happy. We said, we're going to sell 600,000. He said, okay, if I can give you advice, Sundays is the busiest. We said, okay, wait, let me just... We, Sunday mornings, we're first going to church. And then we'll come there. He says, that's a mistake. I said, that may be a mere mistake from your side, but that's the way we're going to do it. He says, okay, fine. I'm telling you now, we sold 600,000 rands furniture that first time we did it for him. And God opened that door. Amen. On that Sunday, the very Sunday, when we didn't go there, we only came in the afternoon. He said, the lady said she sold 60,000 rand that day already. We said, okay, no, it's fine. A guy walked in with a PT short, a poncho, some pluckies, and a hairpiece that sat like that. It looked like he couldn't tie his own shoes. And the lady said to me, it's fine, you can help the guy. I said, okay, I'll help him. That very guy bought 120,000 rands business from us on that Sunday. Afterwards, many, I even had family members said, no, no, we want to do this with you. You're doing so well with the show. I said, no, 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 where were you on the Saturday morning when I asked you to leave with me at 4 o'clock in the morning? I said, no, no, no the grace that God has given me, we're doing that. And every time what we declared, what we said, God did that. But it was an idea that God dropped in our heart that looked very insignificant, that really changed our lives. Listen 
to the testing of your conscience. We gave a house away in 2001 with a Sowetan because just of something that dropped, God dropped in my heart. So that which God drops in your heart, if it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, it's a God idea, it's blessed already. Many of you, your God ideas that God has given you, just because you had a little bit of resistance, you ran away. You didn't continue to listen to your conscience. When you have a vision, expect a little bit of opposition. Sometimes that very thing that the devil uses to push against you, he's just reminding you that you're moving in the right direction. You should say, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible says, Matthew 5 verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Family, holiness and happiness are described together. A person with a holy heart has a happy heart. But sometimes people's hearts are happy, but they're not always holy. God requires of our hearts to be holy at all times. For worship to be worship, your heart needs to be pure at all times. Remember, worship is not just what we're doing here. When you go to the marketplace and you work, there, you're part, it's part of your worship unto God. Adam in the garden, when he was attending the garden, was part of his worship. It's the part of the way that he was glorifying and magnifying God's name. So your heart needs to be pure at all times. Not just on Sunday, oh, let me just forgive everybody quickly that's hurt me. And then Monday... To Saturdays, you offended. Purity at all times. Even when people wrong you, you can keep your peace. Even when challenges are coming against you, you can keep your peace. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 12. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly towards you. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to breathe in us every day that our thoughts would be holy, that our words will be holy, that our deeds will be holy, so that we will protect that which is holy. You are God's temple. You are holy. He says that a testimony of our conscience in the marketplace, in the world, that's where you have to show people. That's where you have to let your light shine. Keep your conscience. Sometimes things get thrown at you where you want to cross the line of your conscience. That's a true test of Christianity. Let me show you a very good example in the Bible quickly. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 24. You know the story very well. David has been anointed as king already. The Spirit of God has departed from Saul. The man of God has told, told Saul already, God has taken your kingdom away from you and given it to another, a man after his own heart. David is being hunted down by Saul. Saul wants to kill him. He finds himself in a cave at the back. Saul comes in. He's not aware that David is there. We're picking up here. I'm reading from verse 4. NIV translation. His friend says, Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept 
forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the King. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. It was David's conscience that restrained him from killing Saul. His friend said, God has said, He has given your enemy in your hand today. You can kill him. From a natural point of view, he could have said, I've been anointed. I've had enough of this man. Surely God has given him. But he said, no. This is the man that God had made king. And I may not touch him. He is still king and I'm his servant. Many of you have prayed and said, Lord, I want to be your servant. Use me as your servant. And then when people treat you as a servant, you start to complain and you murmur before God. So why are these people treating me like this? What's going on here? Am I their slave? But isn't that the prayer that you prayed? Now you have to listen to the testimony of your conscience. You say, Lord, use me as your servant. Now God says, I want you to go and wash the toilets in the school hall. No, I'm called for great things. I'm going to be a king. I belong in the palace. <laughs> for Joseph to get to the palace, he first went to the pit. Amen. Small things, big things. Have you ever prayed, Lord, use me as your servant? And then everybody starts shunting you around. Go do this, go do that, go do that. If you've been empowered for Christian service by the Holy Spirit, you'll not complain about any Christian service. But if you're complaining about Christian service, you should ask yourself, have I really truly been empowered? If God has called you and empowered you to be a worship leader, and I, now I have to be an hour and a half before the time again to sing to get ready. And I wonder if the people will sing with me. That's not the conversation of the heart of somebody that's been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Your conscience will quickly tell you, stop murmuring and complaining. It's an honor to worship in God's presence. 1 Timothy 4 verse 2. Hypocritical liars will deceive many for no matter what evil they do, their conscience won't bother them at all. Saul was walking in the spirit of killing, stealing, and destroying, where David made a decision to listen to the testament of his conscience and be led by the Holy Spirit. Saul later on tried to kill him again because he was not listening to his conscience. At all times, make sure you listen to your conscience. If you continue to do certain things over and over that you know you're not supposed to do, later on your conscience gets so damaged that you have no conscience anymore. David had all the right, from a natural point of view, to kill Saul. His friends had said it, he had confirmation, but he said, no, I'm listening to my conscience, and my conscience says, I cannot touch this man. He's the Lord's anointed. Do not touch my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. He says, I'm not going to violate that principle. 
the lesson that we can learn from this. Was Saul wrong in wanting to kill David? Yes, he was wrong. But the way that you respond can also be wrong. So just because Saul wanted to kill him, doesn't mean David should kill him. When somebody does something wrong towards you, the way you respond can be worse. Turn with me in your Bibles quickly to 1 Samuel 24. Let me just show you quickly something here. Family, in many situations, listen to what David did here. He had the wisdom of God. Verse 12. Let the Lord judge between you and me, and let the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. He said, I'm not going to be the one to take action against you. Let God judge between me and you. I'm doing righteousness or acting in righteousness and you in unrighteousness. Many times when you find the devil attacking you, you should pray and say, Lord, judge between what you have planned for me and what the devil has planned for me. The devil has planned killing, stealing and destroying. You have planned life and life in abundance. Lord, overrule the plans of the devil. Declare them null and void. And let your will be established in my life. Can you see the need for praying, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me, touch my heart, change my heart to do your will now and forever. Because if you don't listen to the testimony of your conscience, it's the communication point of the Holy Spirit. But it's also where the devil places things in your heart to move in the opposite direction or to move in the wrong direction. David was a servant of God and he remained there at all times. 2 Corinthians 4.2 We reject every shameful cover-up and refuse to resort to cunning trickery or distorting the word of God. Remember what the friends say. Surely God has delivered him. Listen to your conscience. Don't use the word of God through scriptures to have your own will done. But allow the gospel to change you. Don't change the gospel to suit you. We reject every shameful cover-up and refuse to resort to cunning trickery or distorting the word of God. Instead, we open up our souls to you by presenting the truth to everyone's conscience in the sight and presence of God. Make a decision. Listen to your conscience. Even when you are talking to somebody, you're explaining something to somebody. And they say, they understand, they understand, they understand. You say, you sure you know what you should do? Yes. Sometimes they don't know. They're saying yes because they are scared of you. Or they might feel ashamed. When you walk away and your conscience says, this person doesn't understand what you've said to them. I know you're going to tell everybody, but you told them. If your conscience is saying to you, explain to them again, then you have to come back and explain to them. Sometimes you can move somebody around, make them, and you think it's nothing. The Holy Spirit says, you've offended this person. It's, ah, something like that, no man. No, no. My brother, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. It's okay, no, fine. They have peace in their heart again, you have peace in your heart. If you don't do that, you can be offending God. Because remember, God is also on the inside of them, like God is on the inside of you. Listen to your conscience. 
We many times, according to the letter, want to do certain things, but we should listen to our conscience, the testimony of our conscience. When you drive towards a stop street, you have to stop. But if the traffic officer or one of our insurance guys are there and they're saying drive, what do you do? You drive. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying, move in this direction. You don't have to stop now, just go. You're listening to the testimony of your conscience. 1 Corinthians 8.12 And when you offend weaker believers by wounding their conscience in this way, you also offend the anointed one. Jesus came to cleanse our conscience so that we could have peace of conscience. Not only for you, but everybody around you. Be sensitive to your conscience. It's then when we are led by the Holy Spirit. Our heart is the communication point of the Holy Spirit. Our conscience towards God and to people. If we are more sensitive to our conscience, we'll behave in a better way. Now when you want to go talk to somebody, your conscience will say, no, wait. I had a situation now when I wanted to address something. And from a natural point of view, I wanted to do it immediately. And when I got to the person, the Holy Spirit said, let it go. How can I let it go? It's not costing you, it's costing me. <laughs> Hello, have you ever had these conversations with God? When somebody has to pay you money, say for example, you say, I need it now, back now. Just leave it for now. And later on, those people come and they open a door for you. But if you didn't listen, you would have offended them. Christ came to the blood of Jesus to cleanse your conscience. Keep that peace at all times. Even if there's a storm around you, keep your peace at all times. Listen to the testimony of your conscience. That person is always happy. They might be very unhappy on the inside. Your conscience can tell you that and you can go and encourage them. The person that always looks like they're on top of the world, it's the Holy Spirit that can lead you in the right way to encourage them and you wouldn't even know that they're down. To listen to your conscience, the testimony of your conscience and your life will never be the same. In the crisis that you find yourself, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will make a way out of that situation. How is that? It's by the Holy Spirit. Listen to your conscience. Do this, go there, go do that. Christianity is about the purity of our hearts. If you keep your heart pure, it's easy for the Holy Spirit to communicate. When your heart is pure, your prayers will not be hindered. Then it becomes easy to move mountains. But in a world where everybody is so offended and angry with each other, let's not jump into that boat. But let's make sure we're in the boat of the Lord Jesus Christ where we can forgive in the same way that Christ has forgiven us and we keep our conscience clear. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.